Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, what's going on, Hello. everybody? We're here. We're live. We're back. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking 2020. Isn't that fucking batshit crazy? It's pretty stupid. It's me. It's that. Grant, the same guy that's always been here. Uh, who yeah. else is here? Jake. Yeah, I'm here. It's Hi, Jake. Jake. We're the hosts. You and I. And, and then, then Mitch is, is there. On my shoulder. There's Go a on. lot of other people here today that didn't want to come sit by us because we're back to the old microphones. Oh. But yeah, we we switched because we were having a lot of technical. We need to figure out how to work the equipment that we uh, buy. So yeah, it's okay. But um, you know, so we we're prepared. Uh, we have a new series coming at you. Right this one now. was a, a fan request. It was directly man. from Jeffrey Epstein. He knows. No, <laughs> it was his dying wish was to hear about this. He was like, "We are starting a cult. Needs to cover the Enfield poltergeist." And we listened. For some reason, we feel the need to to observe that. And we listened to you, Mister Jeffrey. Um, yeah, the real Jeff knows. Hillary knows. Clinton, please do not kill me for saying that. Uh, she, she'll be fine. All right, yeah. She so, fish to fry. as you've heard, we're doing the Enfield Poltergeist. Um, Enfield. This is, yeah, Enfield. Enfield. I might say Einfield because I just I call it everything. Pronunciation problems. All the things are what I call like it. a saw. A swaw. A saw. A saw. No, it was it was pronounced a sow. A sow. That's yeah. What it was. Okay, get the mispronunciation right. Yeah. All right. I might I might refer to it as as that, but why don't we fly you across the pond, as they say, and we'll take <laughs> yeah. you to <laughs> yeah, uh, that. a northern London suburb yeah. named Enfield, believe it or not, in the year 1977. Yeah. Led Zeppelin was popping that year. Were they? I mean, probably. The 70s I can't imagine the 70s, yeah, were without them. I wasn't alive, so I wouldn't know, but... I don't know. We are going to get into a lot of weird, spooky nonsense. Um, There's definitely going to be more than one part. Uh, yeah. Probably two parts, um, um, as it looks now. There are many things that occur in this... Poultry geist, <laughs> if you will. There are many things that we will talk um, about. You sound like you're extending for time right now. I am, but um, this is... So many things will be said. Just off the top, uh, we did 
briefly touch on this uh, in the Warren episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they are part of this investigation slightly. In, like, the stupidest way. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Um, but, uh, but, no, yeah, The Conjuring 2, that movie is based on the Enfield Poltergeist. It is. And um, this investigation spanned over two years long of trying to figure out what exactly the fuck was going on with yeah. these people. It's from 1977 know? to 79. But, um, so why don't we just start by giving you a little introduction, a little eh? background here on the what we're getting into. The Enfield yeah. Poltergeist. Right. Uh, it's a paranormal activity that was claimed to have occur- have had occurred in Brimsden, Enfield, uh, England, in a small council home at uh, 284 Green Street. Green Street, Like we said, dog. between 77 and 79. And, uh, yeah, it's all started with this, uh, this, this uh, single mother named Peggy Hodgson, who was sing- she was a single mother, Pegs. right? Of four. She had four kids. Isn't that Hank Hill's wife? Peggy. Peggy? Yeah, Peggy Hill. Yep. Nice. The neighbor's it's not name, her. Either the neighbor's name or the neighbor's pseudonym is also Peggy, so it'll get confusing. And then Boomhauer shows up on yeah. day seven. And then dang old... Dang. Dale Gribble. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, let's continue. But no, yeah, she had four kids. Uh, Margaret was 12, Janet was 11, Johnny was 10, and Billy was 7. And, uh, yeah, that was at the time in 1977. And uh, where do you want to just get into how it like started, the immediate how it started? I'll uh, yeah, I uh, at least one of the sources I'm looking at here has the ages a little bit older. Uh, I don't know which one's correct. How many years older? Literally one for everybody. That's probably those, they were probably those documents were probably taken down in the middle of the eff- like it probably investigation. was yeah because over two years. I mean ages in '77 when the initial thing happened, they were those ages. They're all children. They are all children. <laughs> They're all children. They remain children. Well, yeah, she's a grown woman. Um, Peggy Hodgson uh, was considered a very kind woman, uh, conscientious yeah. about her children, very loving mother, a single mother. Uh, she was not, kind of not, not the brightest. Yeah, not the brightest at all. She uh, also struggled with uh, finance for a while. They sh- they're poor and stupid, but they were nice people. Yeah. Um, the kids, uh, they say that Margaret was very serious and kind of quiet. Uh, Janet was a little bit more lively and a definite extrovert. She was the middle child. She had to be. Yeah. Um, John only was at home, uh, during holidays and certain weekends because he was uh, at boarding school. Yeah. He was at a special school and then Billy suffered from a horrible, uh, speech impediment and, uh, they all said that besides that, he was a respectable little boy. So I guess that means if you have a speech impediment, you're not respectable automatically. Yeah, that is some That's the that is some gymnastics you've just done in everyone's minds, but I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we got uh, Mrs. Hodgson's brother, John Burkham. Uh, he worked at the hospital, and he lived at 272 Green Street, so just a couple houses it's down. So close. And uh, it w- he lived with his wife, Sylvia, and his two kids, Paul and Denise. And uh, the two families were very close, and John was extremely supportive of the Hodgsons, probably because he was her sister. Her brother, he sorry. He was her sister. <laughs> sorry. You heard it here. Um, so th- the Hodgsons' uh, next-door neighbors uh, were Vic Nottingham and his wife, Peggy. 
Yeah. <laughs> and their 20-year-old son, Gary. And they lived at 282 Green Street, just in case you wanted to know that. Yeah. Some fucking information. There's some locations. Uh, these were typical cool neighbors. You know, they were having a good time. They were supportive and friendly of each other at pretty much every single occasion. They were nice families. So that's a little bit of the layout geographically of uh, what these folks were up to at this time. Yeah. And, um... I imagine the kids were little rapscallions getting into. No, some, they were getting into stuff every now and again, getting like into their some kids, things, right? you know. Their kids, they do things. Drinking coffee, smoking, smoking tobacco, tobacco cigarettes, cigarettes, yeah. Drinking alcoholic wine. Oh, that's true. The cigarettes were called fags. That's they true. Were called fags. Yeah, in London, they're called fags. That's what they are. Yeah, you're right. It's not even rude. That's just what it is. Mm. That's good. That was a good correction. I like that. It takes us back to the time period. So, Jake, why don't you tell us uh, the the beginning uh, incident here on this uh, beautiful date? Uh, basically, all right. So, August thirty first of nineteen seventy seven, around nine thirty p.m., the children, uh, specifically Janet and John, uh, they heard uh, you know sort of like a shuffling in their bedroom, like someone was walking across the floor with slippers, like an old woman. Yeah. It was like an old woman, possibly. And uh, when Peggy, because like, the kids were like, Mom, and Peggy came in. And uh, she came into the room, and all three heard three really hard knocking noises uh, from the walls. Seemingly nowhere. Knock, but, knock, knock. Yeah, three of them. And then, so, uh, then, apparently, while they were all in the same room, a chest of drawers moved about 18 inches across the floor without any uh, like physical contact. So that's pretty crazy, right? That's terrifying. Things are just moving around. If I was in my room and something moved 18 inches, I would be dead because I would have long ago taken my own life. I don't understand. I don't really get the suicide joke. It's not a joke. It's I, Ghosts are terrifying. They are. And if shit was in my room You're going to preemptively kill yourself because of ghosts? you goddamn right. Mitch, what do you I say? He wants, he wants to turn into one, that's why. Yeah, because then I could fight him. You know, you can't fight what oh, you can't see. Would you be a handicapped ghost? Mm, I like to think I'd have some type of uh, segue that could go up and down stairs. Yeah, or chairs would just be moving by themselves, <laughs> like floating around. Well, I mean, to be fair, that's true. Yeah. your whole body would float, so you wouldn't really need the chair. I would... I, I think I'd probably not need one. Just I don't know if you could take on Ghost, dude. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Who wants anyway, to kill me? Anyway, so apparently, all right, so yeah, they were all in the same room. Uh, the, the the drawer, the chest of drawers moved a bit, and they got real uh, freaked out, right? So they immediately went next door uh, to their neighbor's house, the Nottinghams. They went there. And uh, after inspecting the house, uh, the Nottinghams called the police because apparently they were hearing a lot of the same noises and things and uh, that kind of thing. So uh, these people show up, the two cops, it's WPC Heaps and PC Hyams. And uh, yeah, they arrived around 1 a.m. that morning, the next morning. Technically, this all took place on September 1st, and that's my birthday. Happy so birthday! That's, nice. that's great. So... Yeah, the cops saw it on my birthday. But, uh, yeah, so uh, at 1 a.m., uh, the cops show up, and Constable Heaps uh, witnessed a chair move from, like, about three to four feet across the floor. And it actually ended up in their final, like, official report. And she took, like, a lot of 
uh, flack for that down at the station. Yes, they yeah. uh, the cops were definitely involved in this situation. They were out there pretty immediately checking after it stuff out. Yeah. And they're, uh, I don't know what they're called, the London equivalent of Child Protective Services was brought out as well. Yeah, because, uh, you know. And they all pretty much said the same thing, that there was some weird shit going on. Um, that is one thing the movie did get correct, is that uh, they actually, the cops saw a chair like fly across the room. Yeah. They said it kind of like wobbled. Yeah. Wobbled. Like it moved like three or four. Where it, it like slides, of, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's how it works. That's what all happens. There you go. So the cops are involved in all this, which is, I mean, that just kind of adds a little bit of merit, I would say. Yeah, I would say as well. I would probably have to. But uh, after this happened, right, so, like, sh- they saw the chair move. It was in the report. They ended up just being like, well, what the fuck should we do? Like, whatever. Uh, over the next few days after that, members of the Nottingham family and the Hodgson family, who is, uh, you know, the family that lives there, Peggy Hodgson and all her kids, uh, they experienced marbles, Legos, and other small children's toys being hurled at them from seemingly nowhere. Fuck yeah, that. They would, just, uh, they would just be thrown against their bodies. Uh, following this, council members, clergymen, and among, uh, you know, among other colorful characters, they came to visit the house attempting to rid the family of their problem, but this was to no avail. Uh, yeah, the, the, the kids' <laughs> toys just kept her being flung at them. It was That's terrible. Fucked. It, I, yeah. I don't know what I would do if something like that was happening yeah. to me. Especially when it's not like the first and only time that it's happened. It's just kind of occurring. It would be it's very annoying. Cool. It sounds like someone's just throwing them and leaving, but I feel like no. Probably not. I don't know. Who There's knows? Be that more. makes this far less fun yet. There's got to be right. a lot more to it. So yeah, here we go. So, on September 4th, uh, Mrs. Oh, hang on. Thought I had a burp. Never mind. All right, so on September 4th, Mrs. Nottingham, uh, this is still 1977, uh, she called the Daily Mirror, which is like a a newspaper, you know? (coughs) There it is. Okay. In hopes of getting in touch with uh, someone to help with the situation, right? So reporter Douglas Bentz and photographer Graham Morris visited the house a little bit uh, after that. And uh, both experienced uh, objects flying across the room. Much like the toys, like that kind of thing. And uh, actually, Graham Morris, the photographer, claims that he got hit with a Lego in the forehead so hard that it left a bruise for multiple days. Man, I've had that happen, but never from a ghost. What? A bruise? You need, you need to tell... Just a bruise at all? Yeah, that's what bruises do. You know, they don't go away right away. Well, it caused a bruise, and that's, I think, the whole thing. What's Are these the jumbo Legos or the small little tiny boys? I feel like the tiny ones would hurt more, I feel. Yeah, but would they leave a bruise if flung at you? I don't know. They could probably whip a lot faster, I think. So you're thinking these things were loaded in like a wrist rocket or oh, something? Oh, yeah, no, definitely like Bart Simpson swing shot. Right. But like a ghost version. That's, that's, what I'm, that's even scarier. That's what I'm envisioning. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, so this, this photographer had a Lego bruise and then uh, a bunch of hubbub uh, occurred. So, yeah, so on uh, September 7th, which was three days later, uh, reporter George Philos and uh, photographer David Thorpe visited the house. Thorpe and... Yeah, they just sent a new crew out there. Like, these guys don't know what they're fucking doing. Just send these guys out You there. guys got to see what's going on here. Yeah. And then um, 
Yeah, it gets weirder from here, I would say. Would you agree? Yes. Hold on. It gets weirder. Oh, I thought I had a sneeze. No, I did. Is it with us and not being able to... Uh, I did. I had a sneeze. ...predict our bodies today. All right. So um, in early September of 77, uh, they contacted the Society for Physical Research, or Psychical... Psychical, Psychical yeah. Not physical. <laughs> Psychical research. Physical research. I'm going to see how you just live in your house. The SPR, if you will. That's what it's called. And they spoke to Secretary Eleanor O'Keefe. And uh, O'Keefe got in touch with Maurice Gross, who uh, had recently joined uh, the organization. And uh, he said he wanted to be a part of this investigation and uh, pretty much anything else interesting that would arise in the area. So that was his thing. Yeah. And Maurice Gross, uh, he was a successful inventor. Uh, he invented uh, the rotating advertising billboard. So he saw a motor. He was like, I can use that to sell things. Right? Yes. And That's his interest in the paranormal phenomena had been awakened by a series of meaningful coincidences that followed the death of his daughter, Janet, in January or August of 1976. There you go. We got another Janet in the house, and but she's dead. This Janet died uh, because of a motorcycle accident. That's just so you Do know. we know how old Janet was? No, they did not because say. Because I'm just thinking, like, I, 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 for some reason, was just thinking someone who was, like, 10 or 11, but then a motorcycle accident, unless a motorcycle, like, came off up the curve. And yeah, like, went off the road or something. I don't know. I don't know how this all went down. But uh, so Maurice Gross, uh, he visited the house on September 5th and uh, he advised Mrs. Hodgson uh, to remain calm. And pretty much he said, just write down what happens. Like uh, he wanted a full list of what was going to occur. Yeah. Uh, and what on, to expect that kind of thing. Yeah. And on the 8th of September, uh, him and three other reporters witnessed a very large crash. Uh, this convinced him that uh, the Hodgson's claims were genuine. And th- uh, he decided to take on the case pretty much from there. Yeah. And he viewed... Uh, he and there was, a, a, there was a young girl named Janet. Are you joking? He's totally going to take yeah. this case. There's no way. He, uh, he noticed a couple things. Uh, that marbles would fly around the air and they would land on the floor solid without rolling around. Uh, doors and drawers would be pushed open uh, without any physical contact. Uh, door chimes that swung without the door being opened. And um, he also noticed teaspoons, cardboard boxes, and a fish tank lid seemingly jumping around. Yeah, and these were just the things that happened initially. There's a whole slew of, like, like there's a very long list of things that happened after that, like a oh, whole yeah. list of everything. Oh, yeah. And it's fucking endless. No, and I'll is. read that in a sec, but we'll, like, we'll do a little it's thing endless. between that. But, yeah, that's just a little sample of what all happened in this house. Uh, so, yeah, all of these were witnessed by uh, Maurice Gross, the Hodgsons, and uh, Peggy Nottingham's father, and then four other reporters and even photographers from the Daily Mirror. Uh, even though this was in, like, the beginning stages, uh, ten people had already witnessed this firsthand. That were, like, outside of the family. Yeah, right? like, yeah. people had, it had been witnessed by more than a single person. Um, then you get the intro of the author and investigator, Guy Playfair. Wait, hang on. Mitch, what do you have to say about all this so far? You haven't talked in a while. Give me the deets. What do you want? What do you need from this? What are your oh, thoughts? What, what do you need to say out of this? Well, you haven't talked in a goddamn decade. This is how I feel. I think uh, 
everything that's going to lead up to this is going to be insane. Because I think I know the story. And uh, I, I believe all this to be true. All right, fantastic. Yeah. Grant, carry on. Carry on. All right, so Guy Playfair shows up, right? And he's like, I'm going to kick this ghost in the fucking ass. No, he doesn't do he that. He was just an author and investigator, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was, responded yeah. to an appeal that the SPR had put out uh, for assistance that Maurice Gross wanted. And uh, on the 12th of September, Guy Playfair arrived, along with Rosalind Morris from BBC Radio 4, The World This Weekend. That's Jesus. the full title. Uh, he and Gross worked together for more than a year, making a total of 180 visits and 25 all-night visits at the Enfield House. So at very least, these guys were there every, like, three days sometimes, but mostly, like, every two days. Pretty much, yeah. All the time they were there. And the tw- then, like, what was it, 25? Yeah, 25 Overnight vigils of just, there. like, trying to get this to happen. Yeah. 25. That's more than I am old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did you just say? Think about it. I use less words. Twenty-five is more than I am old. <laughs> it makes sense. The fuck was that? What are you, an infant? I'm. I'm Kevin from the office. <laughs> Why say more word when less word do trick? What is it? Like yeah, that? something like that. That's what I'm doing. You guys got what I was trying to say. I hated it, though. That was the point. Well, you know what? I didn't hate it, Jake. And that's uh, all that matters. Uh, creative differences. Yeah, we do. You're next. Anyway. You're right, next. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'm there. All right. So, uh, yeah, these phenomenon. Uh, they subtitle all these. All right. No, I'm going to read off the phenomenon now. That's what I'm going to do. Do it. All these things happen in this goddamn house, and you're not going to believe it. You just aren't going to believe it. So we talked about the marbles, pieces of Legos seen being thrown through the air. At like great speeds, but then they would just stand on the wall or the floor or wherever they landed first. They wouldn't bounce or anything. That's not that's that's weird. It's Legos fucked. aren't magnetic. That can't be explained by magnetism. It's it's fucking crazy. A uh, teapot shook vigorously on a cabinet in an absence in the absence of any external vibration. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, you can't have weird. a rattling teapot if there's no uh, steam underneath. Wouldn't that be or inside it of it? Fire beneath it. But anyway, metal spoons bent and the lids of metal uh, teapots, uh, they were deformed. Uh, shade of a bedside lamp tilted uh, and then straightened. These are all just, they're, they're minor and crazy things. So, uh, toilet, a toilet door opened and closed when nobody was nearby. What do you think they meant by toilet door? Is that what they call the shitter lid? The lid. That's what I was thinking, but maybe the... Toilet is is a is a location. The door to in the like toilet. a different scenario. Yeah, like the door to the bathroom. Is there a room specifically for a toilet alone? I yeah, am... that's a bathroom. No, oh, just the toilet. Oh, I think I think in Europe that they uh, have the shower. Floors. They have the shower and the <laughs> toilet in separate rooms. I yeah. could be wrong about that. <laughs> that makes more sense. Uh, that sounds like some London shit. That's some good London shit. Anyway, a toilet door, however that is to be interpreted, uh, was o- would open and close with nobody nearby. And then uh, cardboard boxes and cushions were thrown from an unknown force. A slipper was thrown from an unknown force. A <laughs> uh, frame certificate no, was I'm, pulled off the wall. I'm getting confirmation here, Jake. What's happening? A toilet door is the lid to the toilet. That's... 
That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, that's exactly Perfect. what it is. Perfect. All right. We're good. getting conf- confirmation. Good. The toilet door. I mean, oh, God. That's so stupid. I love that. All right. Yeah, slippers were thrown. A frame certificate was pulled off the wall. Uh, bedroom carpet was pulled up at the edge uh, to form an identical shape each time. Uh, an effect that Gross was unable to replicate somehow. And uh, let's see. I don't know how to pronounce that word. So I'm going to. I'll look it up. S E T T E E. What is that? S E T T E E. Sete, you say, Lexi, on the couch. A it's s- it's like a, a long couch. Okay, a sete. Yeah, right, Lexi's smart over there. Okay. It's, it's the Dr. Phil. Couch. Sete. So, yeah, a sete. A sete was levitated and overturned uh, in front of several witnesses. Eleven uh, year old Janet was levitated and disposit it deposited in different places at different times. So, so she like would just I guess fly up and just be deposited in places in the house. That's interesting. I uh you want me to explain that one a little bit? What the sete? No, the, the You talking about the sete? I'm not, no. <laughs> the her being deposited in different locations. Because I'm saying sete right. I, I know I you. am this time. No, I believe you. I'm not. This is not a sow. Okay. Um, Janet would have these blackouts where she would have nightmares, and she would wake up in different parts of the house. And according to, well, she'd fall asleep and sleepwalk. According to some of the other uh, people in the home at the time, uh, including uh, Margaret, she said that one night she found Janet wake. Uh, she woke up and was screaming. And was laying on her back on the ceiling of the house. And she could not come down from the ceiling. I hate when that happens. So they don't know how that happened. That's why you have to hydrate. You have to drink water. These things would occur. Or else you're done. And then there were also, uh, like, she would wake up downstairs. And it you might think it's sleepwalking, but then the door to the bedroom would be locked from the inside. Yeah, and a lot of times she would be uh, sleeping in uh, a chair downstairs in a particular corner, which we'll get to later on here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah, that explains the uh, Janet being levitated and being, well, it doesn't really explain it, it just gives it more background. Yeah, Janet would levitate and be deposited in different places at different times. Also, the kitchen unit doors slid open on their own accord. Uh, tubular doors, chi- tubular door chimes, uh, swung from side to side many times. That may have just been wind. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. And then footsteps were heard when nobody else was present. Twelve-year-old Margaret was held fast by an unknown force. Uh, knocks, bangs, and crashes were heard, not caused by plumbing, vibration, or external forces. They would just happen. I don't know if the external sources should be uh, completely taken away, because that could include ghosts. Yes. But, all right, so coins <laughs> coins disappeared from one room and reappeared in another. <laughs> I like that That one. was, like, the funniest for some reason. This is just coins. I, I guarantee it was just a kid. <laughs> it was definitely a kid. All right, um... So, small fires started and extinguished themselves without causing damage. Table fires. Table fires, yes. Definitely table fires. We know uh, all about that. Water appeared in circumstances not understood. <laughs> urine. <laughs> it's just urine. It's probably just urine. Uh, all this water got on my pants. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my crotch is soaked with water. 
I don't know how this happened. There must be a ghost in here. Uh. <laughs> Someone's peeing in my pants. <laughs> Someone's pissing on me. Someone peed my pants. Uh, all right. Normally reliable electrical equipment, tape recorders, cameras, etc. failed to work. Apparitions were seen, supposedly, partially, and totally. I'm not still not done with this goddamn list. The iron frame of a built-in fireplace was wrenched from the wall. Excrement appeared in inappropriate places. Uh, so people are just shitting in the house. That ghost shit in my pants. <laughs> Mom, some ghost just shit on my fucking in my bed. Like you have to clean the sheets, but it wasn't me. It smells like White Castle. That's what we ate for dinner. White Castle. No, I swear, like. Mom, it was the ghost. Oh God! I'm gonna use that one from now on. All I right. like that. Mom, the ghost shit in my bed. I could just shit anywhere I want and be like, no, the ghost did it. <laughs> all right. The all right, and then there were also written messages, right? Like, uh, clean your room, that's Janet. Not, not nearly as funny as uh, shitting. But, all right. And then the abusive marks and swear words in a gruff masculine voice apparently produced by Janet, which we will get into in a friggin' goddamn second here. All right. So, yeah, those are pretty much... That's a, that's a very extended and long list of things that have happened throughout the time that uh, all these people were involved in investigating what was fucking with this family. Yeah, pretty much. In Einfield. Enfield. Einfield. Einfield, Enfield. I'd say both. It doesn't matter, does England it? England was where it happened. London. Yeah. From London. It was north of London. Um. Yeah, so pretty much a lot of these things uh, occurred simultaneously, so the poop and the pee would happen at the same time. Yeah. I don't know if that one's for real, but these things did happen to yeah. go together. A lot of them happened a lot, too, like multiple times in different yeah. times and places. All during the day and night. Yeah, and um, believe it or not, uh, some of these uh, were actually seen by people that were just, they had no interaction with the Hodgson's. They were just kind of like, they were checking it out, seeing what was going on, and they'd hear like noise about the house, and they were just like, wow. Yeah. I just saw a fucking ghost turd. It was kind of weird, man. Um, This included a man named uh, John Rainbow. Um, Rainbow. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, these were all some of the people that saw it. Uh, he was a local tradesman. Then you have Richard Gross, who was a solicitor. And Hazel Short, who was a road crossing council employee, also known as the lollipop lady. Just in case you guys wanted to know that one. That's, that reminds me of the candy lady uh, urban legend. Uh, and then there's actually a quote from uh, the lollipop lady here. <laughs> um, she was telling Guy Playfair that she had been walking towards uh, number 284 Green Street to pick up her lollipop sign, which she normally <laughs> concealed. It's always the there. Edge. The lollipop sign is always there. And this is her quote. Quote, I was standing there looking at the house when all of a sudden a couple of books came flying across and hit the window. It was so sudden. I heard the noise because it was so quiet. There was no traffic and it made me jump. Then after a little while, I saw Janet. I don't know if there's a bed underneath that window, but she was going up and down bodily as though someone was just tossing her up and down bodily in a horizontal bodily. position. Like as if someone had got a hold of her legs and back and was throwing her up and down. I definitely saw her come up about window height, but I thought if she was bouncing, she'd bounce from her feet. 
She wouldn't be able to get enough power to bounce off of her back to come up that high. My friend could see her as well. We both could see her. How many people were there? It's just like, uh, my friend was there. Well, you uh, got to have yeah. the Lollipop Guild, you know? I guess so. Oh, yeah, come on. Jesus give me credit. Christ. Give me credit. <laughs> I got credit where it got due. Okay? That's awesome. That was great. That was, that was funny. Okay. Then we have... Then we got Carolyn, Caroline Heaps, all right? Heaps. That was the... No, I, that, I was the oh, that was the 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 uh, constable, eh? Yeah, I got some more reading here. Um, this is what the investigation had to say. On Thursday, September 1st, 1977, at approximately 1 a.m., I was on duty in my capacity as a policewoman when I received a radio message to 284 Wood Street, Enfield. I went to this address where I found a number of people standing in the living room. I was told by the occupier of this house that strange things had been happening during the last few nights and that they believed that the house was haunted. Myself and another police officer entered the living room of the house and the occupier switched off the lights. Almost immediately I heard the sound of knocking on the wall that backs onto the next door neighbor's house. There were four distinct taps on the wall and then silence. About two minutes later, I heard more tapping, but this time it was coming from a different wall. Again, it was a distinctive peal of four taps. The police officer and the neighbors checked the walls, attic, and pipes, but could find nothing to explain the knockings. The police officer and the neighbors all went into the kitchen to check the refrigerator and the pipes again, leaving the family and myself in the living room. The lights in the living room were switched off again, and within a few minutes... The eldest son pointed to a chair which was standing next to the sofa. I looked at the chair and noticed that it was wobbling slightly from side to side. I then saw the chair slide across the floor towards the kitchen wall. It moved approximately three to four feet and then came to a rest. At no time did it appear to leave the floor. I checked the chair but could find nothing to explain how it had moved. The lights were switched back on. Nothing else happened that night, although we have later reports of a disturbance at this address. End quote. There you go. Boom, shaka, lock em. So, do you know if that was in an interview or if that was in the actual report that she wrote up? Uh, this was a testify, or she testified. It's a testimony? Yeah, it's a testimony. Cool. Okay. No, I was just making sure. One other thing that I heard, or that I read somewhere about the knocks specifically, a lot of the re- actual recorded knocks... Rather than an immediate, like, strike and then a reverberation, a lot of them showed up on audio as, like, sort of like a, a, a backwards sort of thing, like a reverberation into, like, the immediate hit of a knock, and that's what they sounded like. Ooh, I like that. Very strange, very paranormal. Yeah, a little right? bit. Right? A little is, bit. Is that not so? I would have to agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> Griffin's on the couch with a microphone not plugged in. Uh, he's so trying. He man. is trying, dude. He's doing his best. I love you, Griffin. He's doing his thing, you know. Uh, but anyway, all right. So here's here's uh this is three months basically. All right. So in uh, December of 1977, three months since the beginning of the encounters, Janet, the 11 uh, year old daughter, so she was like she was in the middle, but one of the kids was gone, so she was basically in the middle. Uh, so she was 11 years old. Janet started having these, uh, 
I guess you would call them episodes. Yeah, she uh, it, she had this anomalous voice that uh, it, that would like uh, come from her intermittently. She would just randomly kind of be overtaken, and this voice would come out. Uh, the voice started with a series of like whistles and dog-like barks, and eventually, yeah, and like roof, 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 like that kind of thing. Rough, rough, dog. Who the hell is at the door? It's Alex. Why do you always come in at the you worst fucking time during the show? <laughs> okay, but anyway, so uh, so th- this uh, this voice that would come from Janet, uh, it was started with whistles. It was dog-like barks, and uh, it developed into a human voice like a harsh guttural elderly man's voice and the actual recordings of this is absolutely insane oh and don't worry we have a we will get to the recordings yeah but uh yeah she would sound like a harsh guttural elderly old man and this voice uh it identified itself as a man named joe wilkins right nice yeah it's a strong name what do you have to say mitch you were bringing the microphone towards you. Give me Do it. what. Take it. Give take me it, your buddy. mouth. I'm just gonna make another poop joke. It's too late. <laughs> I, okay. That's almost enough. <laughs> That's almost That's enough. That's all I wanted to hear for me to get poop on the brain. <laughs> but uh, anyway. You hear that? You hear that, guys? Jake has poop on his brain. Poop on the brain. But anyway, I like that. So the voice identified itself as Joe Wilkins. Uh, he claimed to have lived in the house previous to the Hodgsons. Which actually ended up being true. Upon checking, the previous resident of that house was a Mr. Wilkins who had died in the house. Uh, and this information was not known to Janet. For all intents and purposes, it is said that she did not know this. right? And he swore often that he, uh, he claimed to have lived in the house and he slept in Janet's bed frequently. Ooh, nice. This old ghost man. Strange. It is not good. And the voice was interrogated by uh, Maurice Gross's son, Richard, who was the guy you mentioned earlier. Uh, the voice claimed that he had gone blind and had a hemorrhage in the uh, in the uh, downstairs corner chair. And that actual downstairs corner chair, it was still there when the Hodgsons were living there because they were poor. They didn't have any furniture, and that was left for them. So they were like, why not? A chair. You're damn right. So that's crazy. That's all stuff that Janet could not have possibly known or guessed correctly, but it all ended up being the truth. And she said it in this guttural voice that is impossible to make from a child's voice or a child's like voice box. And she would do this for hours. Yeah, hours. Sometimes upwards of like three to four hours a day. I think they asked like professional ventriloquists about like different voices that they do and like that kind of thing. And they said that they would not be able to keep the, up that kind of like precision in a voice in a character for more than fifteen minutes. And they're professionals. And this eleven-year-old child is making this voice and having full-on conversations. Yeah, no, it, and the conversations are pretty good. I won't lie to you. Um, so while all this is going on, right? Um, they're looking into how this voice happened. Um, they have over twenty hours of voice recording throughout this time. And uh, a contact microphone was actually placed on the back of Janet's head, and it picked up what they assumed to be a different and louder sound than her normal voice coming through the microphone. Uh, A speech therapist approached by uh, the investigation crew was unable to say where the sound was coming from or how it was being sustained. 
it uh she believed that it had some uh resemblance to false vocal cord tone which is what a lot of uh you know, death metal bands use uh, false vocal cord tones. So they thought this was altered in some way? No, they think it was like her essentially doing something with her voice. Oh. Yeah, like naturally distorting it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you I know, mean, like, well, okay. Like corpse grinder type so, shit. Like, where he's like, uh, yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. My throat hurts too bad. <laughs> like, a, like a. Like one of those types of things. That was the first time I ever heard you do that. But yeah, you're it's right. It's the loudest I think I've been around you guys. You're right. Sorry. Um, so Sorry. John Hasted, a physicist at London's Burbeck College, carried out an experiment together with Adrian Forson, a phonetics expert at University College in London. Um, tests with a laryngograph, laryngograph, laryngograph. Uh, indicated a an effect known as. Plica ventricularis. Now Plica ventricularis. Um, you're right. And yeah, what this yeah, is, yeah. is um, this is muscle tension in the throat that can produce independent sound from the vocal cords. So it the sound comes completely from somewhere else than the vocal cords. Um, however, there are no known side effects to this condition. Uh, around six weeks of hoarseness and a sore throat, neither of which were exhibited by Janet. Yeah, Janet was fine. Enough. Except for the the man inside of her. Um, Ray Allen. The, o- the old man. R- Ray Allen was a ventriloquist, and uh, he felt that the voice was being produced via the diaphragm, but this was disputed by Gross and Playfair. Gross was so convinced of the paranormal origin of the effect that he offered 500 pounds, later 1,000 pounds, to a nominated charity if any child could replicate the voice under the terms he specified. That's a lot of pounds. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of nice. pounds. I I, didn't know. <laughs> I like how he specified it, children. Yeah. He's like, not if just anyone could do it. I will give you 1,000 pounds if your child can scream at me correctly. If anyone below the age of four can speak perfect English, I'll give you fucking $10. Uh, believe it or not, nobody took up this offer. Uh, he was further encouraged in his conviction that the voice had an unknown source when reading of similar historic cases from people suffering from possession. For example, we have a quote here. At the moment when the continents alter, a more or less changed voice issues from the mouth of the person in the fit. The top register of the voice is displaced. The feminine voice is transformed into a bass tone. Yeah, it was puberty for me, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there in recent times, in 2012, Professor, Professor Richard Gallagher of New York Medical College reported that a woman known simply as Julia would enter a trance and utter obscenities and voices completely different from her own. Hitting it local. In 2014, police in Indiana in the U.S. investigation case where the children of LaToya Adams from Gary, Indiana. Oh, is that the 2012 uh, Demon House? Yep. Yeah. Uh, where she displayed what she has been there. To be signs of demonic possessions, <sighs> such as speaking in unnaturally deep voices. Now, I want you to soak all of this in, because this is a lot of information coming at you here. Why don't we just kind of recap what we're doing here? Because... Enfield Poltergeist. There's so much shit that's happening in the span of three months. 
That's yeah, it was just real. three months. It was uh, it was August thirty first, the night it officially happened. The cops showed up on my birthday, September first, and then uh, the the last date we talked about was December seventh. So about a little over three months, and this went on for two years, right? So we still got a lot to get to. No, we definitely do. I am. Um, this is where we will stop the information for the day. For today, for we this week. We want you to understand uh, just exactly what was happening here before we get into uh, what methods they took to investigate and some of the possible answers that came up with it. I'd like to end There's this still one. a shit ton more to talk about aside from them. Like uh, oh, I would like happened. to um, end this one off with a quote from George Fallows, uh, a reporter from the Daily Mirror. Yeah. And he gave his account on something that he witnessed. Quote, Because of the emotional atmosphere at the house and in the neighborhood, ranging from hysteria through terror to excitement and tension, it has been difficult to record satisfactory data. Nevertheless, I am satisfied the overall impression of our investigation is reasonably accurate. To the best of our ability, we have eliminated the possibility of total trickery, although... We have been able to stimulate most of simulate most of the phenomena we saw. In my in my personal opinion, this faking could only be done by an expert. End quote. Expert faker. So, so this an, guy, an actor. This guy believes that it could have been done by a faker, but he says that it would take an expert faker. So he's basically and, like, all and, right, this could be real, but they're damn good. I don't know if Janet is old enough to be an expert anything. I don't know. She was just an 11-year-old attention hog. Maybe. Maybe she's good at that. I don't know. Yeah. Mitch, I want you to hit me with some of your thoughts on this. you got to have some some insights. So, yeah, this is definitely real. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I definitely believe this to be true. It's like how how does someone just imitate you know like a I don't know something that a grown man would you know have a tough time performing vocally. Also, I got a little side story. So <laughs> a little side story. Okay. A little side story. Yeah. I remember. Get the gun. <laughs> I remember I was in my basement when I was growing up. We were playing with Legos, and the Lego thing. This I thought about this. I Wait, was it Legos. Jumbo Legos or the regular ones? No, regular. I remember playing no. with regular Legos in my basement. I remember one of them was like thrown at me, but no one was there with me. That was the Shadow Man. Probably. That was in your house. It was terrifying. Hashtag the Shadow Man episode. Well, it could've, Listen it could've to could've that. Been, it could have been anything. It could have been, I don't know, me walking it. It hit me in the back or something. I don't you know. You walked into a Lego is what you're thinking I'm happened? Trying to, I'm trying to be as skeptical as possible, but I just Was this Lego an immovable force? What happened? I don't know. I could have hit it with my foot backwards or something. It could have hit me. I don't know. You but, rainbowed this fucking thing? Like, like the soccer move? The rainbow? Well, it was either that or a ghost, so take your pick. I'd say ghost, man. I loved that story. I won't deny that. <laughs> that was great. That was, that was good. Um... Yeah, I'm going to save a lot of my uh, personal opinions on this poltergeist for the next episode because there are some things that we will discuss. But uh, I definitely am not afraid to admit this, that uh, I do believe a majority of it was real, if not all of it. I'll also uh, hold back a bit, but I know I like it. I yeah. I like this story a lot. I uh, This was a very, this was reminiscent of the Skinwalker episode where it's, 
The first episode is just throwing so much information at you. This won't have four, uh, no. or three next episodes. It won't. Uh, this will be just one more episode where we'll wrap it up. But it's still, yeah, I can see the rev- the uh, uh, the the remnants of it here. It's good. No, I, I like the series thing. We got to keep the series thing going. We have so many planned. You oh. don't even understand. I I do. I made the list. I you got. Have, you guys don't even know. I I drunkenly rambled things we should do and we created the best list i wrote ever. them down guesstimated how many weeks we have we have many i'm not going to say how many oh i'll say for it. any reason we're i don't planned. know what is it like 22 we're planned for over 20 weeks right now yeah we're we're well into april this uh with happen. like planned episodes that we're going to be doing but this one's going to take up this week next week then we're on to something new we're on to something and it's going to be great bigger and better and honestly a little bit more topical in uh 2020 just a tad Tad bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bit. I know Mitch will have a lot to say about that one. Which one? You're no, going to be on it, it, Mitch. We'll tell you about it when this episode's done so you don't fucking hog the microphone with nonsense. Don't say anything when I say this. It's a specific, uh, uh, it's like a, uh, does of, the number seven mean anything to you? Mitch, think of what you Thank God you don't understand because I feel like you might spill the beans. Seven. Think of seven, and <laughs> that's it. No, just seven uh, for now. Seven. Anyway, we are starting a call. No, get out of here. Stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's pretty much us. Uh, uh, Enfield pulled together. Yeah, he got it. He did the sharp breathe in. Uh, Mitch, Mitch understands now. But anyway, that that was Enfield Part One, right? Yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave it up to uh, next week to explain a I, lot of those yeah, things. Yeah, I definitely think we should. We're gonna have some good stuff for you in the next uh, episode. More insight. Thank you, Jeff, for the yes uh, suggestion. And we are planning uh, something we, hope we you have like yet it to do so far. Next week's episode, and we'll let you know if that occurs because you'll know. Who knows? I'm thinking it might. I I'm feel thinking. like if it doesn't happen, we shouldn't say, "Oh, we could have done this, but it didn't work out." So hey, I'm, I'm a, like honesty is my policy, man. Yeah, but that's the uh, thing. We can't be viewed as flawed in any oh, way. We are very flawed. The audience can't know we're just people. We had Dairy Queen. You had Subway. I had Dairy Queen for dinner. I had a Subway sandwich. They put onions on it. I didn't want that, but it happened too fast. All right. Uh, yeah, that's Enfield. Hey, Georgie, I need you for hey, one minute. Yeah, get Georgie, off couch. get off the goddamn couch hey, like you were supposed Seinfeld. to do at the beginning of this goddamn episode. And do a Seinfeld outro. You guys broke the mic, so... (laughs) Come on, do it. No, we're all all doing this. You ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Harmony. Three, two, one. Where's the Bosco? <laughs> all right, we are starting a call. Follow us on all the stuff. Uh, it's uh, Patreon. Yeah, uh, we got Patreon. We got Instagram, Twitter. We got Facebook. All that stuff. Email uh, message. Email. Email message us. <laughs> email or message. Email or yeah. do whatever you want. You want yeah. The right email? Do all the stuff. What is the right email? Is it starting or start? Start. Startacult at gmail.com. You got it. Don't forget to follow us on the shit. Yes, the oh, shit. All the shit. 
everything. You guys are the shit. Donate to Patreon. So follow us on it. Yeah, please donate to that. We need some money for things that we need to do for you. Okay. We love you all. Good night. We are starting a call. That's Grant. I'm Jake. That was Mitch, Georgie, and everyone else was pretty much singing in the end. (laughs) Yes. All right, goodbye. Love you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.